0: Well, we're not going to start with Fredo Cuomo, the dumbest of the Cuomos. I've called him the dumbest of the Cuomos since I've been on air. But you could really dispute that, quite frankly. I mean, dumb is dumb. Negative IQ is negative IQ, but we'll deal with that later. But there's something going on now. I don't think has been discussed to the extent it needs to be discussed. And we're going to get to Hong Kong, too, and a number of other issues. But something happened in a filing in the Supreme Court today that Fox has reported on not on their broadcast channel cable but on their website Senate Democrats deliver stunning warning to the United States Supreme Court heel or face restructuring now you would think this is big news folks several high profile Senate Democrats warned the Supreme Court in pointed terms this week that it could face a fundamental restructuring if justices do not take steps to heal the court in the future. The ominous and unusual warning was delivered as part of a brief filed with the Supreme Court on Monday in a case related to New York City gun laws. Senators Sheldon <laughs> Whitehouse, Richard Blumenthal, Maisie Hirono, Richard Durbin, and Kirsten Gillibrand reference rulings by the court's conservative majority in claiming it is suffering from some sort of affliction, which must be remedied. Stay with me. This is tyranny. Stay with me. They're threatening the United States Supreme Court. You know, it's one thing to pass a new Judiciary Act, propose new numbers on the Supreme Court, amend the con- They're not doing that. They're telling the court, either you rule the way we want you to rule on gun control... Or we're going to attack your institution legislatively. The Supreme Court is not well, I'm quoting, and the people know it, the brief said. Perhaps the court can heal itself before the public demands it be restructured in order to reduce the influence of politics. That's a quote from the brief. Now, the last part is also quoting language from a Quinnipiac university poll, in which 51% favored such restructuring. In the same poll, 55% believed the Supreme Court was motivated by politics more than by law. And ladies and gentlemen, a lot of we constitutionalists believe the same thing. So it's not like everybody's lining up behind these radical clowns, and they're brief. They're not. Dramatic changes to the Supreme Court have been proposed by several Democrats vying for their party's 2020 presidential nomination, with court packing being a common, though highly controversial, suggestion. Increasing the number of justices on the court would allow the president to shift the balance on the bench by loading up justices of his or her own preference. Democratic candidates, including former Representative Robert O'Rourke of Texas, Cory Booker of New Jersey, Elizabeth Warren, Massachusetts, Kamala Harris, and Gillibrand all have signaled an openness to expanding the number of judges on the court <coughs> Excuse me, should they reach the White House. Mayor Pete Buttigieg has also supported expanding the court, proposing a plan to have some justices appointed by the president and others selected by the other justices in order to depoliticize the court. Can you imagine justices choosing justices? What a disaster that would be. That's their problem in Israel right now. Buttigieg knows that. These are lifetime appointments. Yet other candidates, such as former Vice President Joe Biden, have come out against court packing, as has Bernie Sanders, though the Vermont senator has suggested rotating judges to other courts. Now, folks, you may recall there was a single congressman during a Barack Milhouse Benito Obama State of the Union speech who jumped up and said the president was lying on immigration, and we were told that's out of line. And you may recall during that same speech when Obama looked down at the justices who were there and condemned the Citizens United case and lied about it that Associate Justice Sam Alito shook his head no, and he was trashed for shaking his head no. You may recall throughout the decades, the Democrat Party press has at least feigned outrage when a Republican president criticizes judges. Our current Republican president, Donald Trump, has criticized judges. And he's been viciously, relentlessly attacked for it. That's an independent branch. You can't question them. Remember? But now, you have multiple senior Senate Democrats and a brief filed on the Supreme Court for all the media to see threatening the Supreme Court with restructuring if they don't get in line on gun control. You have... Brett Kavanaugh, a sitting associate justice of the Supreme Court, being threatened by the House Judiciary Committee, which wants his records from the time he was working at the White House Counsel's Office. That is a threat against a sitting justice and constantly intimating about impeachment of that justice. You have presidential candidates, including Joe Biden, trashing the Declaration of Independence, trashing the Constitution. You have them all, almost unanimously, trashing free markets and capitalism, attacking the Electoral College, attacking the Second Amendment. This is an un-American party. It has become a radicalized, un-American party, rejecting the Constitution, except when it thinks it can help them. Rejecting our founding principles. Degrading and dismissing the founders is nothing more than slaveholders. Attacking one institution after another. It's one thing to disagree. And one thing to come up with a constitutional means for addressing them, like Article 5, Convention of States. But that's not what they did. They filed a brief in the Supreme Court threatening these Supreme Court justices, making it abundantly clear that they will bring pressure to change the makeup of the court if the court does not deliver them the opinion that they want. A threat to the Supreme Court. Now these Democrats in Congress threaten the President of the United States with impeachment. These Democrats in the House have unleashed scores and scores of unconstitutional subpoenas against the President his family, his former business associates, his accounting firm, his banks. These Democrats in the House of Representatives continue to threat a sitting associate justice of the Supreme Court, Brett Kavanaugh. They refuse to seal the border. They refuse to get spending under control. We have a lawless... Un-American Democrat Party. That's exactly what we have. With a bunch of cheerleaders and rockettes in the media, dancing across the stage in unison. Defending this lawlessness, defending a rogue political party. It's not the first time the Democrat Party's gone rogue. It's gone rogue multiple times back in June 26 2015 Mona Charen a never trumper but still back then June 26 2015 she did a pretty good job of summarizing the democrat party's history which has been whitewashed as she points out the less racist the south gets the more republican it becomes Here's what the former President of the United States, Bill Clinton, had to say when he eulogized his mentor and Arkansas Senator J. William Fulbright. He said, we come to celebrate and give thanks for the remarkable life of J. William Fulbright, a life that changed our country and our world forever, and for the better. In the work he did, the words he spoke, the life he lived, Bill Fulbright stood against the 20th century's most destructive forces and fought to advance its brightest hopes. So spoke President William Jefferson Clinton in 1995 of a man who was among the 99 Democrats in Congress to sign the Southern Manifesto in 1956. Two Republicans signed it. The Southern Manifesto declared the signatories opposition to the Supreme Court's decision in Brown v. Board of Education and their commitment to segregation forever. Fulbright was also among those who filibustered the Civil Rights Act of 1964. That filibuster continued for 83 days. And speaking of the Civil Rights Act of 1964, let's review, since they don't teach this in schools, the percentage of House Democrats who supported the legislation, 61%. House Republicans, 80%. In the Senate, 69% of Democrats voted yes, 82% of Republicans. When he was running for president in 2000, Vice President Al Gore told the NAACP that his father, Senator Al Gore Sr., had lost his Senate seat because he voted for the Civil Rights Act. Uplifting story, except it's false. Gore Sr. voted against the Civil Rights Act. And he lost in 1970 in a race that focused on prayer in the public schools, the Vietnam War, and the Supreme Court. And Al Gore's reframing of the relevant history is the story of the Democratic Party in microcosm. The party's history is pockmarked with racism and terror. The Democrats were the party of slavery, Black uh, Black Codes, Jim Crow, and that miserable terrorist excrescence. The Ku Klux Klan. Republicans were the party of Lincoln. Reconstruction anti-lynching laws, and the Civil Rights Act of 1875, 1957, 1960, and 64. Were all Republicans' models of rectitude on racial matters? Hardly. Were they a heck of a lot better than the Democrats? Without question. As recently as 2010, the Senate's pro tem was former Ku Klux Klan exalted Cyclops, Robert Byrd of West Virginia. Rather than acknowledge their sorry history, Modern Democrats have rewritten it. You may recall that when MSNBC was commemorating the 50th anniversary of segregation of George Wallace's stand-in-the-schoolhouse door stunt to prevent the integration of the University of Alabama, the network identified Wallace as Republican Alabama. Democrats have been rewriting history for decades. Their preferred version pretends that all the Democratic racists and segregationists left their party and became Republicans starting in the 1960s. How convenient. If it were true that the South began to turn Republican due to Lyndon Johnson's passage of the Civil Rights Act, you would expect that the Deep South, the states most associated with racism, would have been the first to move. But that's not what happened. The first Southern states to turn Republican were on the periphery. North Carolina, Virginia, Texas, Tennessee, and Florida. And George Wallace lost those voters in 1968. The voters who first migrated to the Republican Party were suburban, prosperous, New South types. The more Republican the South has become, the less racist. It's unforgivable what Clinton said about Fulbright. And what's unforgivable is the way the Democrats are still using race to foment hatred, she wrote way back in 2015 this is a diabolical party, the democrat party a diabolical party that has caused enormous harm to this country enormous harm slavery, segregation, the black codes Jim Crow and now today an attack on the Declaration, attack on the Constitution, attack on capitalism, attack on the Second Amendment, attack on the Electoral College. Now, a frontal assault on the Supreme Court. As I said, I'm not opposed to adjustments there, but they're threatening the Supreme Court with changes if the Supreme Court doesn't deliver them the opinion they want in a gun control case. This is a party that's very, very comfortable with tyranny. This is a party that's very comfortable with a centralized, iron fisted government, as long as they run it as long as they control it and they're very uncomfortable with actual elections since they've been trying to overturn the 2016 presidential election every minute since that election was over they have no problem with the FBI planning spies in a Republican presidential candidates campaign they have no problem with abusing the FISA federal courts with false information paid for by the DNC and Hillary Clinton they have no problem lying for three years about Russian collusion with the Trump campaign. None whatsoever. They have no problem with leaks from Comey, leaks from McCabe, leaks from Baker, leaks from Stroke, leaks from Page. No problem whatsoever. They are the party of tyranny. I'll be right back. Much love in. And because America's founding principles are so important, Hillsdale offers Primus absolutely free of charge to anyone who requests it. That's right, you can subscribe to Primus for free. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to visit imprimis.hillsdale.edu for your free subscription. That's Imprimis, I-M-P-R-I-M-I-S, .hillsdale.edu. Welcome to Hillsdale. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we have a lot of other topics to discuss this evening, but I don't want to move that fast. There ought to be a documentary on the Democrat Party. I'd like to see one on the Republican Party, too, but there ought to be a documentary on the Democrat Party. This party. This party. Of what it's done to this country. Enormous damage. And look at the candidates running. Each and every one of them would do enormous damage to this country. This is why the media really don't focus on their agenda, or to the extent they do, they promote it, celebrate it, and downplay its outrageously harmful effects, should they be implemented. Instead, they go after Trump 24-7. 24-7, no matter what's going on, 24-7. Now, we're going to talk turkey here. That is, honestly, the reason why they keep calling Trump a racist is they want to turn out the black vote. They want to turn out the Latino vote. They've given up on the white vote. Now, how do I know this? Well, it's as easy as selling candy or any product. You keep trashing people based on their race and promoting and defending other people based on their race. And it's obvious you're choosing groups of people insidiously uh, choosing groups of people you're trying to fire fire up against other groups of people who you're trying to denounce. It's a horrendous strategy. I want to discuss this more when I return. You know, our nation's oldest colleges were founded to teach students to seek truth, recognize what's beautiful, and hold up what is good. But the vast majority of them have abandoned their missions, locked in the grip of political correctness. They no longer allow free and open discourse, rejecting the idea of objective truth, They peddle moral and cultural relativism. Thankfully, none of this applies to Hillsdale College. For almost two centuries, Hillsdale has remained true to its original mission, to provide sound learning of the kind essential to preserving civil and religious liberty and intelligent piety. Now, as Hillsdale celebrates its 175th year, it remains committed to offering its students the very best liberal arts education in the land, as well as to extending its mission nationwide through its many outreach efforts on behalf of liberty. These include free online courses, the publication of its Free Speech Digest and Primus, its Kirby Center for Constitutional Studies and Citizenship in Washington, D.C., and its Barney Charter School Initiative, which is helping to establish classical K-12 charter schools
1: This is America's Constitutional Convention, The Mark Levin Show. Call in now, 877-381-3811.
0: I'm going to continue here, even though I'm certain things I say will be cherry-picked and taken out of context, because that's the world we live in today. No serious engagement of ideas and debate. The left is in a seek-and-destroy mode. So be it. I'm going to defend liberty mode. Reparations and slavery. How are these serious issues in 2019? How is slavery ended 150 years ago? How is that a 2019 issue? And reparations. How is that a 2019 issue? Because the Democrats want it to be a 2019 issue. Systemic racism. That phrase is irrational. Where what if it's systemic, what's the system? Our educational system? Well the left runs it. Our courts, for the most part, the left runs it. Where what the the, the, the trial bar, litigators, for the most part, the ABA is of the left. So what where's this systemic racism? There isn't systemic racism. It's irrational. I'll tell you how I know it's irrational, among other reasons. Millions and millions of Asians and Africans and Central and South Americans are trying to get into the United States. There's no systemic racism in this country, and we all know it. We're all wondering, who the hell are they talking about? Immigration for the democrats on the left open borders open borders is utterly irrational absolutely irrational unless you're a leftist or an activist in the democrat party and you want open borders for racial reasons politics not public policy the worst kind of politics and you can hear them out there the left If you disagree with open borders you're a racist well what's the converse of that what are you trying to say what are you trying to do now they want to forgive college loans well who's that aimed at the middle class in the suburbs mostly white the college moms soccer moms their kids free college who's that Aimed at, well, mostly the same people. See, we have a program for every group. Impeachment talk, what's that about? Is that really about the Constitution? It can't be about the Constitution. They've already told us it's illegitimate because it was written by a bunch of uh, white slaveholders. So what's this impeachment talk about? To fire up their hardcore base. That's what it's about. They figure they're firing up minority communities they're changing red states to purple, purple states to blue with our immigration policies, among other things. They want to attack the suburbs for giving college loans, not exclusively, but a lot. And free college. impeachment talk, get their base all hot to trot. Meanwhile, block everything Trump does. Make him unsuccessful, burden him. Burden his president, burden his family, keep him up at night, position Trump, character assassinate Trump. They haven't actually settled on any yet, so they're throwing everything against the wall, racist, mentally unhinged, you name it, xenophobe, homophobe, anti-Semite, pretty amazing. And then we're supposed to believe that white supremacy is the worst we've ever seen it. Now, let me tell you something. It's out there. I have to deal with it myself. These Klansmen and neo-Nazis, they don't exactly like Jews. I can tell you that right off the bat. But this isn't the 1920s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s. Of course there are Klansmen and neo-Nazis and white supremacists out there. But the Democrats and the media, what have you to believe, it's the Republicans, or many of them, or the president, or conservatives and talk radio. You know, the, the language they use are picked up by the white supremacists. And this is sick stuff, but this is where we are. Let's have a debate about socialism. No way. Let's have a debate about so-called Medicare for all. No way. Let's have a debate about climate change. No way. No debates. Just attacks. tax. And the media have thrown in with America's un-American party, the Democrat Party. And you might say, well, why would they do that? Well, you tell me. Why did the New York Times in the 1930s and 40s cover up the Holocaust? This isn't some noble newspaper. This isn't some grand newspaper. The tip of the point of the spear, I should say, the point of the spear... For liberty, quite the contrary. It's a horrendous newspaper. It is a horrendous newsroom. It is ideologically driven. And it has always been, at least since the progressive movement 100 years ago. What the hell kind of newspaper covers up the Holocaust for all intents and purposes? While the owner of the newspaper, Jewish, is trying to get his family out of Germany. What the hell kind of newspaper is a mouthpiece for Stalin? One of the greatest genocidal maniacs in human history, the history of mankind. What kind of newspaper serves as a propaganda wing for Stalinism? The New York Times. That's what kind of newspaper? Time for the truth, ladies and gentlemen, the truth. About the Democrat Party, of course they can point to them. Well, you know, social security, got it, got it. But look at the whole record. Look at the whole record. It was Franklin Roosevelt who set up internment camps for Japanese Americans and Americans of Japanese descent. The great Franklin Roosevelt who when you look at the tenured historians, the Marxists throughout our Ivy League schools and beyond, count him as our greatest president most times. Also an anti-Semite. Look at Woodrow Wilson, the first great progressive president. They have schools named after this guy. Institutions named after this guy. They're not pulling his statue down. He resegregates the civil service after the Republicans desegregated it and resegregates the military well Mark how can I be president of Princeton in New Jersey he was born in Virginia and he was a segregationist and a racist that's a fact that's a fact the democrat party They don't talk about Woodrow Wilson, really, do they? Talk about his policies that they like. They don't talk about FDR in any substantive way. No, 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 they just talk they love the New Deal. And AOC's a chip off the old block, isn't she? She wants a green New Deal. And she's another bigot. And she's built up by the media. And Talib, another bigot, an anti-Semite. She's built up by the media. How dare you question her? She's a woman of color. Oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. I thought she was a congresswoman. And then, of course, Omar. Not allowed to know anything about Omar. She's married, to. How she got here? Immigration, the tax. No, 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 no. How dare you? Must be a bigot. Must be a racist. No questions allowed. And Fredo Cuomo, and Fredo Tapper, and Fredo Matthews, and Fredo Maddow, they're all Fredos. None of them want to know anything about anything. You have Cory Booker screaming at the top of his lungs about rising hate crimes in America. And it's on Trump, he says. The rising hate crimes in America are against Jews. Now, why would that be? Does anybody tie it back? To the three Mouseketeers? No. Do they tie it back to the former deputy chairman of the DNC, Keith X, a.k.a. Keith Ellison? No. How about Farrakhan? No. How about Sharpton? No. How about Bernie Sanders and the things he says? No way. Or Cory Booker and others who are calling now Netanyahu a racist. Everybody's a racist who disagrees with them. The rising anti-Semitism. The Democrat Party. Why don't they do a documentary on that? Here we have from Adam Credo over there at Free Beacon. Stay with me. I'll get the Fredo, don't worry. It's not like everybody hasn't already. California introduces radical anti-Semitic high school curriculum. You want to know why our students come out radicalized? And don't learn the basics? Here's another one. J.P. Pritzker, Illinois governor, signs bill requiring LGBTQ history curriculum for public schools. It's because the left-wing agenda is being taught in our public schools as fact. And kids are being indoctrinated with this stuff. Because the (laughs) NEA and the Democrat Party control our classrooms. And more on this in a moment, too. One step at a time. I'll be right back. love Every human being has a common problem. How do I live well? Our happiness and well-being depends on how we answer that question. Hillsdale College President Larry Arne argues that the best book ever written on this subject is Aristotle's Nicomachean Ethics. And a new free online course from Hillsdale College shares Aristotle's teachings that will help you lead the most complete, happy life possible. Register for this free course, Introduction to Aristotle's Ethics, How to Lead a Good Life, featuring lessons from the greatest self-help book ever written at levinforhillsdale.com. In just 10 on-demand videos, each only 30 minutes long, you'll learn how to confront the chief obstacles to happiness and make the choices that build good character. Aristotle presents a guide for securing a virtuous life. And if you take this free course from Hillsdale and heed Aristotle's advice, your life will change for the better. You can learn how to lead a good life just as every Hillsdale College student does. It's yours for free at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L E V I N for Hillsdale.com. Why do you think the uh, Democrat Party. Some Republicans, no question about that. But why do you think the Democrat Party is so obsessed with destroying the Second Amendment? Isn't it interesting the same party and the same ideologues, wherever they may be? some of the Republican Party, I said, are the same people who want to disarm you? Same people who trashed the founders and the Constitution? Are the same people who want to disarm you? Who want to destroy the Second Amendment? And now they want to disarm you. I mean, they're out of the woods now here. They're telling you exactly what they want to do. Awful lot of men and women died for those Bill of Rights, and they still are. You want to really leave it to politicians to change the Bill of Rights? They're not even asking for amendments to the Constitution. They're not interested in what you think. They can't get the body politic to agree with them. They just want to do it. Why do you think they want to do that? Because they want a submissive populace. That's why. You and I, to be honest, we don't know what's going to happen in this country 100 years from now, 300 years from now, 500 years from now. We don't even know if it'll exist. We hope for the best. We have kids, grandkids, great-grandkids. Every day, we talk among ourselves, among family, friends, coworkers. Some of you are activists in the name of liberty and the Constitution. We revere this country. We don't know where it'll be two, three, four hundred years. We don't know where it'll be 100 years from now. And it could be that our progeny, they need the Second Amendment. That they may need to be armed. They might be unthinkable today. It might be unimaginable today. Just as the Third Reich was unimaginable. Just as Mao's revolution was unimaginable. Just as Stalin was unimaginable. Evil is unimaginable. But evil is evil. And the history of mankind is filled with evil. Not exclusively, but largely. And I say this as an American, but also as a Jew. When I look back at the Warsaw Ghetto. When I look back at events that took place not that long ago. Not that long ago. 80 years ago. 70 years ago. I'll bet those people in Germany and other parts of the world wish they had a Second Amendment. I told you. Talking turkey tonight. No, I don't believe in overthrowing our government. I know the left will twist what I say and try and destroy me. I understand that. But they don't know what they're dealing with here. I fight back. There's a reason why the Democrat Party and the centralists, the Marxists, the democratic socialists, as they like to... uh, Position themselves are obsessed with the Second Amendment and its elimination. They're obsessed with controlling campaign donations. They're obsessed with destroying big parts and chunks of the Constitution. There's a reason for this. I believe in all parts of the Constitution, don't you? But if we want to amend it, and some of us do, you do it the old fashioned way through the Constitution. You use the Constitution to amend the Constitution. You don't use the Constitution to destroy the Constitution. Another significant difference between us and them. You look at this election and you're horrified because you care about liberty. You care about your Constitution. You care about the future. You like our economic system, imperfect as it is, imperfect as everything is. But you also hear. You hear the cries of statism, the cries of autocracy, the attacks on individuality, and liberty generally. You hear it, you see it, you watch these debates, you watch these news programs. And ladies and gentlemen, I've done all I can to expose the media. I've done everything I can. I've spent five and a half months behind this microphone on Fox I've written on freedom of the press. I've done everything humanly possible to expose the media for what the media are. And I hope you've taken advantage of it. I hope you listen to the programs, watch the programs, and have read the book. I've done everything human possibly as one human being can do. And I hope it's resonating out there. Because it is a huge, huge obstacle. A massive obstacle. If you're serious about understanding and taking on the Democrat Party media, I hope you'll go to Amazon.com. I'm not going to talk about it much more and secure your copy of Unfreedom of the Press and pass it around like Thomas Paine passed around Common Sense's pamphlet. This is the pamphlet, this is the time, this is the day, and this is our responsibility. I'll be right back. Let's see. I'm going to read you something. Uh, This is from Elie Wiesel. Anybody know who Elie Wiesel is? Well, he was a famous author, uh, but of course he was a survivor of the Holocaust. And he wrote, I'm not sure history has a sense of justice, but tonight I'm convinced it has a sense of humor. The speaker who preceded me on this balcony soon after the Ashlach in 1938 decided on death for me my parents, my family, and my people. He's talking about Hitler, who spoke at the very spot where he would speak decades later. Who could have imagined that a Jewish writer would succeed him in this very place in order to speak out against hatred? But note this. The crowd that came to salute him, Hitler, in 1938, was much larger, and its jubilation much greater. Remember, young people of Vienna, in 1938, your ancestors, your parents and grandparents, following Adolf Hitler's teaching, looked with indifference or complacency upon those Jews, one of whom was my wife's father of Vienna, who were arrested, humiliated, and off to center their deaths. Today, as you close the era of lies and deceit symbolized by Kurt Waldheim, he became the president, I believe, of of Austria, You are free to open a new chapter. Open it without erasing those that preceded it. Do not run toward the future by obliterating the memory of the past. Learn to live without betraying the truth. You must learn to confront, (coughs) excuse me, to confront, to assume responsibility for that truth. That truth. Every dictatorship Whether of the communist variety, national socialist variety, fascistic (coughs) variety, excuse me, sorry folks, fascistic variety is thankful they don't have a second amendment. Do you understand what I'm saying, Mr. Producer? They are thankful that they don't have a second amendment. They are thankful that their populations are not armed. I'm not talking about overthrowing our government. I'm saying we do not know what the future holds 100, 200, 500 years from now. And we owe it to our progeny down the road as our ancestors before us to protect them. And I know you're not even allowed to talk this way. But I will. As our Roman Congress, I mean our Roman Senate, I mean our Senate, comes up with a variety of ideas on how to disarm you. in the name, of course, of stopping white supremacists and uh, having peace in our time. And we know it won't work. I'm telling you now, it will not work. And their answer will be, we didn't go far enough. And ultimately, their answer will be outright confiscation, because they've already showed some ankle on that, haven't they? They've already showed some ankle on that. All right, you've been waiting for it. Fredo Cuomo. Now, Cuomo is not the only Fredo out there. His brothers of Fredo. There's a lot of Fredos out there. No, Fredo is not the Uh, N-word. Self-serving Cuomo wants it to be. Because people call him Fredo. But no, it's not the N-word. It's kind of sickening that he would even suggest such. And as you know, the word Fredo has been used by liberals to attack the president's kids and the president and conservatives they don't agree with all the time on CNN and MSLSD. But the problem is, Cuomo lost it. When I have people call me names, I get very angry. I turn to them and I call them a name back, but I keep moving. I don't sit there and get into a debate. I don't get into a debate. If they touch you, that's a whole other story. But he could have told the guy to F off or whatever he wanted to say and move along. But he didn't. He wanted to engage. And that's one of the reasons he's afraid of. So let's get started with this. Um. First, we have the Chris Cuomo event. Which cut would that be, uh, Mr. Producer? We have cut four. There's a lot of bleeping going on. You know, these guys with the F word, it's unbelievable. Every other word out of their mouth. I don't talk that way. I just don't. So here we have Fredo Cuomo. Now, I never used to call him Fredo Cuomo, but for now on, that's what he is. That's how stupid this guy is. By making this an issue, now everybody's going to call him Fredo. Now, as I've called him over the years, I've called him the dumbest of the Cuomos. Now, that's pretty dumb, but every now and then his brother, the uh, Fredo governor, uh, is dumber. But nonetheless, here we go. Ready? Cut for go.
3: I thought, that, I thought, I thought that's who you were. Oh, fuck <laughs> from the right call me Fredo. My name is Chris Cuomo. I'm an anchor on CNN. Oh, you're much... Fredo is from the Godfather. He was our weak brother. Isn't that your And they use though? it as an Italian excursion. Any of you Italian? I'm a Are you I Italian? Got, I got a it's a insult to of... your people. It's an insult to your f***ing people. It's like the N-word for us. Wow. Is, that, is that a cool f***ing thing? You're a much more reasonable guy in person than you seem to be on television. Yeah, but if you want to play, you want to play. If you've got something you want to say about what I do on television, then say it, but don't call me a Hey, listen, what, I don't what? want any problems. Yeah, you're going to have a big
0: now problem. Now let's stop a second. So why is he engaging this guy? You know what I mean? Said your piece, now move along. But no. No. Go ahead. It's
3: a little different on TV. Don't insult me like that. I didn't insult you. You call me Fredo. It's like I call you punk bitch. You like that? You want well, like to be your nickname? I, I didn't call you that. I, you called me Fredo. You I know thought, my name now. Fredo. I your name was. You did not think my name was don't be a liar. I, I want you know, to like be a man. Stand up like a man. i up, man. want to be a man out here. I'm what you said. Hey. then own what you said. Listen, listen take man. On. I don't yeah, have a problem with you. Man. Yeah, you're going to have a problem. What? What are you going to do about I'll, it? I'll ruin you. you. I'll, I'll throw you down these There's stairs so like so a punk. Please do. Why? So you can sue? You don't want to do So you can sue? Well, why don't you do it take a swing. You going to call me Fredo. Take a swing. I'm not going to swing Take a swing your hands. I thought it was name.
0: First of all, you really shouldn't confront a guy like this, but the guy did. Secondly, he had to know it's not his name. Just guessing. He's got to be smarter than that, but as I say Cuomo say your piece and move on but no he didn't do that it's a world of iPhones and so he's caught being a jackass F this F that F this F that and uh, he now has earned the name Fredo now everybody's going to call him Fredo Cuomo that's how foolish he is and everybody who watched the Godfather movie knows who Fredo is he was the dumber brother, and he had a whack his brother, I guess. Cut five, go.
3: I can handle things, I'm smart, not like everybody
1: says. Like dumb, I'm smart, and I want respect.
0: There you go. Kind of sounded like him. That's the problem. Now, CNN uh, came to his defense. Of course, CNN would come to his defense. If Donald Trump had gotten into a discussion like this and the f Oh, that's not very presidential. Well, it's not very anchor-like either, is it? No, I don't think so, frankly. I can't defend this. Say, say, nobody should confront somebody like this, but they did, and then you have to deal with it. You have to deal with it. If the guy laid a hand on him, then Cuomo should lay a hand on him. But that's not what happened. Now, CNN and MSNBC don't have a problem with calling the president Hitler and Stalin and a white supremacist and racist. You see the questions that are asked these fools running for the Democrat nomination. Do you think the president is this? Do you think the president is that? You know, it's just sickening. But when it comes down to it, these journalists have very, very thin skin. Very thin skin. You're not allowed to confront them. Maybe somebody should have said to Cuomo, you like to call the president Hitler. You're Hitler. You're Hitler. No, 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 no. Who are you calling Hitler, pal? You know, oh, I'm sorry, you don't like that? Maybe I should call you racist. Anna Navarro, who is a contemptible moron, another low IQer. She's on CNN. She gets paid to do what she does, which is spew stupidity. She calls Donald Trump Jr., Fredo in January on CNN on Fredo Cuomo's show. Cut one, go.
3: This is an entitled, rich, spoiled little brat whose only call to fame is being his daddy's son. Now listen
0: to how, how sleazy she is. Donald Jr. is actually a very smart businessman. He's done a lot with his life. Who the hell is Anna Navarro? And CNN loves this stuff. So entitled, rich, spoiled little brat, who's only called to fame as being his daddy's son. You know who that sounds like, Mr. Producer? Fredo Cuomo. Sounds like she's defining the anchor who's on whose show she sits. Go ahead. Who hasn't
3: built anything of his own, who hasn't done anything of his own, who is somehow trying to hang on to the fame of his father in order to have some level this of relevance. This is
0: just so appalling. Nobody says this about Chelsea Clinton. Do they? Or Michelle Obama, with respect to her husband. No, 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 you dare not say any of that. No, how can you dare? Oh, my God. Go ahead.
3: He didn't even make the cut that his brother-in-law and sister did to be part of the uh, Oval Office and the White House staff. Uh, Daddy kept Fredo back home. So who cares what Donald Trump Jr. says?
0: Right, right. No, we all care what Anna Navarro, blowhard, has to say. We know nothing about her family, what she's created. Every time she opens her mouth, temperature gets hotter with the carbon uh, dioxide. People run for the exits. Then there's this uh, reprobate, Rick Wilson. He's a Republican operative. He's a one-man freak show with those bizarre ears and that bald head and those tiny, beady little eyes of his. Another punk. Another Fredo. Fredo Rick Wilson in March on CNN. Of course, he attacks Devin Nunes. Cut to go.
2: It's it's absolutely part of this... um This, you know, all the the forces of society are arrayed against us. It's just us and Donald Trump against the world. And look, Devin Nunes is proving himself again and again to be the Fredo of the Republican Party. This guy has made a huge mistake doing this. And and Ah, shut up,
0: moron. I'm done with you. You're you're a useful foil. But other than that, you're a useless idiot. You're a CNN. Monkey You perform when they tell you to perform, you get on the desk and you perform. My buddy Curtis Sleaver, the great WABC, he interviewed uh, Chris Cuomo at one point, twenty ten. And here we have Fredo calling himself Fredo. Absolutely unbelievable. Cut three, go. Boy, see, I've dubbed it La Cuomo Nostra. Uh, that there is a there is a group of people of politicos who always hinted. By the way, r- st- he had no, he, he wasn't offended by that, was he? Not in the least. La Cuomo Nostra, it's actually pretty funny. Apparently, uh, Fredo doesn't have a problem with it. Let's start that from the top, please. Cut, three, go. Boy, well, see, I've dubbed it La Cuomo Nostra. Uh, that there is, a, there is a group of people, of politicos, who always hint that they might run but don't necessarily plunge all the
4: way, and they are members of La Cuomo Nostra.
5: <laughs> so who am I then, Fredo?
4: Yes, Exactly
0: <laughs> In America this is, this is the topic number one in America today Topic number one I'll be right back
4: Mark Love in
0: With a daily fake news dump pouring through your TV, mobile phones, and computers, you may have missed some real news like the recent study in the journal Cell Metabolism. Scientists suspected a correlation between growing rates of obesity and processed foods, but what this study discovered was that these foods also appear to lead people to overeat. Here's the bottom line. You need fresh fruits and vegetables in your diet. and you'll get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. You know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouseLevin.com, offer code LEVIN. I want to congratulate the folks in California and Illinois. We continue to be uh, bastions of experimentation. By the left, California introduces radical anti-Semitic high school curriculum. You heard this anywhere else? Free beacon. State of California has introduced blatantly anti-Semitic and anti-Israel lessons into its official high school curriculum, writes Adam Credo, drawing outrage and concern in the state's Jewish and pro-Israel communities, according to multiple sources. The California Department of Education is facing backlash after permitting a host of anti-Israel activists to build a statewide educational curriculum that demonizes the Jewish state and is said to be fostering hatred of Jewish and Israeli-American students, sources said. Now, this is a one-party state, one-party state, singling out Israel and Jews. Quote, we are aware that many individuals and groups affiliated with the Jewish community have already written to you about the ESMC's shocking omission of information about American Jews and anti-Semitism, its use of classic anti-Semitic stereotypes, and its blatant anti-Israel bias, a coalition of 83 pro-Israel organizations said. Start looking at this stuff, it's pretty horrendous. So how do we get to this point? This isn't covered on CNN or MSNBC. Not a single Democrat running for president has raised this. Not even Kamala Harris out of California. Not one. They'd rather talk about what happened 150 years ago. This is happening today. Illinois, congratulations. Washington Times, Douglas Ernst. The land of Lincoln will require public schools to incorporate LGBTQ figures in history lessons. Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker signed House Bill 246, which mandates the following. In public schools only, the teaching of history shall include a study of the roles and contributions of lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender people in the history of this country and this state. State Senator Heather uh, Steen's Who also sponsored the bill said earlier this year that lawmakers sought to not only teach an accurate version of history, but also promote acceptance of the LGBTQ community. One of the best ways to overcome intolerance is through education, exposure to different people, and viewpoints, the Democrats said. That's Illinois. The left's agenda becomes America's agenda. The left's agenda works its way right into the classrooms in our government schools. It is I'll be right. Back. No! You wake up in the morning feeling sluggish and have to drag yourself through your day? Do you feel bloated, tired and out of shape? Eating healthy is a habit. But most of us don't really know exactly what we should be eating, right? How much we should be eating, and how to properly prepare it. This is why I drink field of greens every morning before I start my day. Just one scoop of Filter Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. Helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Now this is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the Nutrition Facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com and get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. Now, you know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouse, L-E-V-I-N.com, offer code LEVIN.
2: The new American
6: Revolution starts here. The Mark Levin Show. Call in at 877-381-3811.
0: The new American revolution. See, we're facing the counter-revolution that I've called it over these decades of the progressive movement. And they've been extraordinarily successful. Extraordinarily successful. In devouring so many of our institutions. I want to spend some uh, serious time, substantive time, on uh, Hong Kong in the third hour because I fear it won't be long before you see a bloodbath where people who've only known freedom when uh, when Britain ruled the waves and the seas. And a deal was cut with the Communist Chinese in 1997. And, of course, the Communist Chinese have gone back on their deal. This is why I don't understand why people think deals with Iran or the Taliban or these these terrorist organizations mean anything. Oops, we violated our deal. Now what? They don't care. But back to the home front, which is very sick. Mazio Hirono is a very mentally ill human being. Somehow she managed to get elected to the United States Senate. And she's on MSNBC today. She's a very nasty, vile person. Remember her comments about Kavanaugh. Cut six. Go.
3: And it's very clear that who the president uh, doesn't want in our country, and basically, you know, it's all the countries that he's he's called so countries." Uh, it's brown people,
6: it's black people who are already here, um, yellow people from you Asia. You are
0: truly a sick fool, a buffoon. You get into the United States Senate, but it is a sad day. It's shameful. It's shameful. This is the president who sent missiles into Syria to stop Muslims from gassing Muslims. This is the president of the United States who offered a deal to the Democrats, which I disagree with, $1.2 million Illegal aliens would want be on their way to legalization and perhaps citizenship, and the Democrats said no. This is the president that said we have a disaster on the border, both for our country and for the people trying to get here. The likes of Hirono, her ilk, mocked him. Mocked him. The president isn't against brown people, black people, yellow people from Asia. This is how they talk. Brown people, black people, yellow people from Asia. It sounds like they're talking about going into a pet shop and you see parakeets, you know, different colors. Oh, I like that one there and that one there. This is sick. Sick. And let me tell this clown, people are leaving. They're depopulating these asshole countries because they are asshole countries. Why else do you need to try to escape them? Why all the people claiming refugee status? What are they? Nirvana? What are they? What are they? uh, Wonderful countries? Great societies? No. They wouldn't be coming here, now would they? She's repulsive. I want you to listen to this CNN panel this morning with John Avalon, a puke, John Berman, a moron, Dana Bash, moron, and a puke. So here we have... People salaried, people on the payroll of CNN talking to each other and absolutely trashing the president of the United States. Cut eight, go.
2: The poem on the Statue of Liberty says, give me your tired, your poor, your tempest-tossed, yearning to be free. And, and, and what say. this policy does is say, GTFO.
0: No, 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 no. What this? You clown. You don't even know the history of immigration. And Ellis Island. You couldn't get into this country if you were going to be a uh, a welfare case. You had to show a number of things. At the turn of the last century, when people were pouring into this country, you had to show a number of things. That you were self-sufficient, that you had a place to live, a relative would help take care of you. You couldn't be a ward of the state, or you weren't allowed in. I mean, these people are just so truly awful. Then we get this guy John Berman, a phony journalist. Go ahead.
7: And, and look, the reason people question the intentionality of this and what they're
0: really trying to do is because The intentionality of this. How about the intention of this? You idiot. Go ahead. President's own words yeah. in times, right?
2: Who can forget the Washington Post story? Joss Dossie and others wrote about that meeting inside the White House where the
0: president said, why are we having all these people from s whole countries come here? What he uh, means by that Moron. Is when it comes to immigration. You're supposed to bring in the best of the best. We have it backwards now. We have it backwards now. You don't get to come here because you just want to come here. Because you're poor or destitute. Or we'd have 5 billion people. On our doorsteps. That's not the purpose of immigration. The purpose of a country is to survive, to improve itself. It's not to open its doors to everybody because everybody gets to come in. Who can forget the Washington Post story, ladies and gentlemen? The asshole countries. These are asshole countries. Apparently a lot of people don't want to live in these asshole countries. They'd rather live in our country, which of course is bizarre since we are systemically racist. And other uh, list of horrors, according to the left and CNN and MSNBC, it doesn't make any sense. They are saying out of one side of their mouth, we need to let these desperate people into our countries. They come from countries that are full of poverty. They are full of crime. Meanwhile, the president acknowledges that. He calls them asshole countries. You can't call them whole countries. What are you, a racist? No, you're the racist. You said the same thing in so many words. I need asylum. You don't get asylum from great societies and great countries. You're escaping something. These are journalists, you see. Go ahead. Trump then suggested the United States should instead bring more people from countries such as Norway. That's not what he said. Countries such as Norway? Why are people trying to get here from Norway? Sherlock, I don't think they're trying to get here from Norway. He's saying we need the cream of the crop, and we need people based on merit. We need people who are going to contribute to society. Not people who are going to go on the welfare rolls, and the food stamp rolls, and the Medicaid rolls. And that's the way it's supposed to be.
7: You dimwit. Go ahead. It is exactly what the rule is intended to do. I mean, I don't think we should dance around it. It is intended to keep people from asshole countries.
0: Well, we don't want to. Of course, uh, Dana. Dana Bash. She knows. Dana Bash knows why. Because she lives in uh, in the wealthy suburbs of Maryland. And uh, this is what they tell her over the air in her uh, neighborhood, in her community, in her social circle. This is exactly what the rule is intended to do. Hey, idiot, Dana Bash. It's a law, and the law has been in place. This president is enforcing it via a regulation. It's already there. It wasn't passed under Trump. Trump didn't initiate it. He's enforcing it. Get it? No, you don't get it. You're an idiot.
7: Go ahead. Out of America. Uh, And until this rule, and we'll see if it stays, because it's already being challenged legally. uh, All right, thank you,
0: but no thank you. These are reporters, ladies and gentlemen. Can you imagine? Then we have Julian Castro. Castro. Now, is this the dimwit running for president, or is dimwitted uh, uh, brother Fredo Castro there in the House of Representatives who who made a list of uh, donors so you can go out and threaten them, maybe even hurt them? Ali Velshi, I don't believe he's from Norway, Julian Castro on MSLSD today, cut nine, go. We seem to value that as contributing to the fabric of uh, America, uh, leading to
4: that American dream, to come here with ambition to prosper.
1: What's changed?
4: Why is it different if they're walking across the desert or or coming in from South America for the same uh, purposes? They have ambition and they would like to make their their fortune.
0: Wait a minute, pal. Ali, may I call you Ali? Wait a minute, Ali. Are you saying that the countries in South America are asshole countries? That they can't exercise their ambition and they can't prosper in these countries south of the border? I think Ali is calling them asshole countries, Mr. Producer. Let's hear what Castro, I said Castro. I said Castro has to say. Go ahead. Go ahead. In America.
2: I don't think anything is different. I think, you know, when you look at uh, this generation of immigrants, they are every bit as entrepreneurial. They're every bit as hardworking. They believe... No, some
0: are, some aren't, but we have this massive welfare state that we didn't have at the turn of the century or before. That's the problem. And the Democrats are trying to get people hooked to welfare. Used to be, as John McCain famously said, well, who else is going to pick the lettuce? Excuse me? How many people need to pick lettuce? I, for one, don't eat a lot of lettuce. That's just me. Well, who else is going to pick the lettuce? Now it's everybody has a right to welfare. Isn't that what they're saying? And if people who come in here from other countries legally want to get welfare, that's their right, don't you know? Because otherwise you're a racist. Of course you're a racist. Just pay the bills and shut your mouth. Just let the Democrats do what they're going to do and shut your mouth. You have no say in anything. Shut your mouth. Just go along. Shut your mouth. But they believe in free speech. Oh.
2: Go ahead. Every bit as much as anybody else. Uh, and so I think the point that needs to be asked is, yes, yes. why is Donald Trump so interested in cutting off this generation of immigrants? Wow,
0: he's really cutting off this generation of immigrants. We have more immigrants than ever before, legal immigrants, over a million a year, more than any other country on the face of the earth. And Donald Trump wants to cut them off. Donald Trump's trying to enforce existing immigration law. He's trying to secure the border so we know who the hell's coming in here. So if they're really parents and they're really their children. So if they're MS-13 or if they're people who really want to work. That's the way it's always been, you jerk. Castro, Fredo Castro, everybody.
2: Go ahead goes back to what he's displayed from the beginning of his political career, from bar- birtherism to the way he started his campaign, to those comments about the Mexican-American judge, to his comments about Ilhan Omar and her colleagues. What's wrong
0: about the... What's, uh, how about Ilhan Omar's comments? How about her comments? Anyway, go ahead.
2: He wants a whiter, wealthier nation. Ah, so that's well, that's, it. In.
0: that's it. He wants a whiter, wealthier nation. So if you want the immigration laws enforced, which are heavily tilted towards, frankly, the third world, the undeveloped world. Heavily tilted. As, as is obvious by the numbers. Then you must want a whiter, wealthier nation. Oh. Oh, then he must be a white supremacist. Now it all makes sense, you see. Now it all makes sense. These people make me seriously want to throw up I'll be right back Mar love. 833 RING B H N. Get 15% off your first order with promo code Levin. That's brickhouse, L E V I N.com, or call 833 RING B H N, promo code Levin. The House Foreign Affairs Committee Chairman, Elliot Engel. Elliot, come home, Elliot. Your soup is cold. He announced today that he's directing his panel staff to warn foreign governments against spending money at President Trump's businesses, arguing it violates the Constitution. These are balls thrown through. They spend every waking hour trying to figure out how to destroy this president. Elliot. Elliot wouldn't have a toilet to crap in but for the private sector. He wouldn't have any toilet paper to use, but for the private sector, would you, Elliot? This is tortious interference with the president's business. If I were one of the president's lawyers, I'd sue this guy's ass personally. But what about the immunity clause? That has nothing to do. This isn't about speech and debate. This is about extra-constitutional activity by a dictator of a committee trying to harm the business of a president that's run by his sons so this puke needs to be dragged his ass needs to be dragged into court and he needs to be deposed that's what I would do right Elliot, right Elliot you creep, right Elliot is that one L or two Elliot it's one people are always asking me Mark is the X chair really as comfortable as you say it is yes My answer is always yes. In fact, probably don't do an adequate job describing just how great this chair feels. So take my advice. Get one to feel it for yourself. Thanks to X-Chair's 30 days, no questions asked, guarantee of complete satisfaction, you have no risk. You can try the chair yourself. Once you feel the X-Chair's patented dynamic variable lumbar support, or DVL, you'll understand exactly why I love my X-Chair so much. Take advantage of X Chair's new financing option and increase your productivity with the right model for you. X Basic or X1 through X4. X Chair can fit your body and your budget. X Chair is on sale right now, $100 off. Just go to xchairlevin.com, Chair Levin.com, N.com, or call 1 844 4X Chair. 1 844 4X Chair. Go to xchair.com right now, use code XWheels, you'll get these really cool-looking wheels, make the chair slide very smoothly. And you'll get them for free. Just go to xchairlevin.com, xchairlevin.com. Elliot Elliot says foreign governments should not <coughs> excuse me, use the Trump properties. That's right. I'm sure when uh, Kennedy was president, they said, don't drink any of that booze, you know, that uh, his father brought into the country illegally during Prohibition. You know Joe Sr.? The fascistic nature of the left. I hope Media Matters and uh, Mediaite, two jokes, I hope they're listening. The fascistic nature of the left, whether it's Elliot Engel, Gerald Nadler, Hiroshi or whatever her name is, or, or, or what's I forget her name. What is her name? Haroni? Whatever. From Hawaii. Maisie Harono. Uh the other jerk castro. What's his name? Fidel? I can't remember his first name either. Oh Julio. Julio. What is it? What is it, Rich? Julian. My my uh, call screener's Puerto Rican heritage. He knows it's Julian or, or, or Julian? Oh, it's Julian? Well, excuse me. Julian Castro. Castro's the key. They're all fascistic, may I say. With all due respect, not. They want to cut off his businesses. They want to audit his businesses. They want his taxes. What the hell is this? It sounds like Xi's China. And by the way, next hour we're going to spend time on Xi and Hong Kong and that fascist pig. Xi. How many people does he kill to get into power? Knock off. This communist regime, it's for everybody. Right, Bernie Sanders? Right, right, right. What Hong Kong unrest tells us about China's plans for the rest of the world by James Carafano. It's a very, very important piece of the Fox News Channel. Ladies and gentlemen, China, communist China is the enemy. As Neil Ferguson said on My Life, Liberty, and Levin... We're in Cold War, uh, Cold War number two. We now have a real Cold War. And he's concerned that China is better positioned than the Soviet Union ever was. Why? Because we have idiots in the United States that keep funding that regime. Idiots in the United States who keep giving them technology in addition to what they steal. They're thieves. More when I return. Hello everybody, Mark Levin here, our number 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Before I get to Hong Kong and China, we definitely will, I want you to hear what the president had to say about Cuomo. Cut 11, go. That's true. All the attacks on him. We've never seen him do that. Hong Kong. You know, uh, I'm old enough to remember these. Uh, the book Free to Choose by Milton Freeman and PBS back then. I'm sure it wouldn't happen today. But PBS back then, uh, they produced his book. In effect, they took each chapter. And Milton Friedman uh, went all over the world uh, talking about uh, liberty and economics. And one of the places he went to, of course, was Hong Kong. And he would say, this is a tiny little island. They really have no natural resources. It's a city on an island. And yet it's one of the most successful, prosperous, humane places on the face of the earth. And then you see the dark side. The iron fist of a communist regime. And a fascist by the name of Xi. And G has spent seven years consolidating power, even people who were former allies, he's had them knocked off or thrown in prison for life. He's a killer. He's a killer. And they uh, round up Muslims. Three million of them are in concentration camps. You don't hear a lot about that. And they're destroying Christian places of worship, churches. They're pulling down statues of Jesus Christ. And they're putting in portraits of Xi. Xi considers himself the new Mao. And he is a brutal killer despite what you see on television. And James Carfano of the Heritage Foundation, he's writing, The outside world can do little to assure the future of freedom in Hong Kong beyond making the case that preserving the principles of liberty are at stake. Nevertheless, the plight of that territory is more than 7 million souls can teach us an important lesson about what China has in mind for the rest of the world, and it's not good. For starters, the continuing protests speak volumes about China's commitment to one country, two systems. You see, when the British transferred sovereignty over Hong Kong to China in 1997, the communist regime agreed to this arrangement, guaranteed that Hong Kong would be allowed to maintain its own governance and economic system. That's what I mean, these negotiations with the Taliban and people talk negotiating with Iran. Are they stupid? Are they have they lost their minds? The Hong Kong system, one of the great economic freedom has produced one of the greatest economies, I think he means, freedom has produced has tremendous economic success. But economic freedom is no more popular than political freedom among the Chinese Communist Party members. And in recent years, Chinese authorities have been encroaching on the rights supposedly guaranteed to Hong Kongers under the One Country, Two Systems Agreement. But matters came to a head in April, when the Hong Kong government, under heavy pressure from Beijing, introduced legislation that would allow people accused of crimes against mainland China to be extradited. Because you see, ladies and gentlemen, they're not true trials over there. They're political trials. People are tortured. People are killed. They disappear. They disappear some cases, they take their organs and they sell them. Their proposal set off alarms among residents who know well that the mainland's thoroughly politicized legal system is not to be trusted. So fear that Beijing would quickly (laughs) weaponize the proposed law to target democracy activists and journalists sparked massive protests. And efforts to suppress the demonstrations have only ignited more public demonstrations— these people are fighting for their lives, their freedom. They don't know anything but freedom. I worry about Taiwan. I worry about what China's capable of, and they're capable of a lot of brutality and genocide. I've been warning about this year after year after year after year. The protests also tell us a lot about mainland China. There's one strain of thought that Beijing while quite happy to bully Hong Kong, would not be so rash as to put down the protests with harsh military action. That kind of response repulsed the world when the Soviets did ultimately leading to the breakup of the USSR. But many observers fear that Beijing will step in and crack down on the demonstrators. Well, I think those truckloads of thousands and thousands of troops would suggest they're not worried about that. They don't care how it plays in the New York Times. After all, they note, the USSR's demise didn't stop the People's Army from rolling tanks in the Tiananmen Square. There's no question that Beijing is waging a war on nerves. Last month, it assembled troops and equipment along the border with Hong Kong. They've also begun airing footage of troops training for suppressing riots in urban settings. But they'll pull the trigger, folks. You see, they're not like the code pink Republicans in this country. This is what I talk about all the time. When people say, these endless wars, these endless wars, there's evil out there. And there's no greater evil than those who focus on destabilizing or destroying the United States. And they're all out there. This all speaks volumes about the callous cynicism with which the Chinese government treats its own people. The Hong Kong police are already doing Beijing's dirty work for them, helped to be fair by protesters and agitators who've crossed the line, he says, and become violent and destructive. Well, I would just say to James, I guess it's probably lucky you weren't at the uh, Boston Tea Party. As long as pro-democracy demonstrations don't spread to the mainland cities, Beijing might not be too concerned to see Hong Kong's stature as a stable and dependable place, To do business. Diminished. Hong Kong just. uh, Here's the deal. Let me cut to the chase. They view Hong Kong as a challenge to them. The Communist Party. The Communist Party. They view Hong Kong as a challenge to them. And to what they're trying to create. And they cannot in their view. Allow this tiny little island. With 7 million people. Defy 1.4 billion. Controlled. Communist Party, China. I fear this is going to get very ugly. And the president, what he's doing with tariffs, what he's doing with China is a very, very good thing. He needs to keep at it. He also needs to keep at it with Iran. These are regimes that seek to destroy us one way or another. One way or another. And they don't make any bones about it. And really it's up to us to protect the next generation and the generation after that. Territory that is ceded to a country like China is almost impossible to get back without a war. That's why they cannot be allowed to take over the South China Sea. And I've told you the Levin policy over these years that we should put tactical nukes back into South Korea. We had removed them. We had put them there originally. We should put them into Japan. And we should warn China and North Korea that we are going to encircle them with nuclear arms if they don't stop with their missiles and they don't stop with their phony islands. That's what's needed now. Quite frankly, in my view, you can be a pal with these people all you want. At this point, it's obvious that they don't care. I'll be right back.
4: Mark Lovin.
0: I was just thinking, rather, if Fredo upsets Cuomo, maybe we should call him Andrew Cuomo, because Andrew is really, in this context... Andrew was an idiot, so maybe we should call his brother Chris, Andrew. What do you think of that? Is your name Andrew? You know it's not Andrew, it's Fredo. You know, a few things in life can change your entire outlook on the day. Call from your boss asking you to work the weekend, early construction, right outside your bedroom window in the morning you wanted to sleep in. Now, these will ruin your day. Or how about when your check engine light comes on? That usually means thousands of dollars in repairs. That's why we have CarShield on our 2010 Camaro. CarShield makes the process of fixing your car for a covered repair super easy. You can have your favorite mechanic or dealership do the work. It's your choice. They also provide 24-7 roadside assistance and a rental car while yours is being fixed for free. Don't let your check engine light change your life. Get covered by the ultimate and extended vehicle protection like I did. Call 800-CAR-6000 and mention code LEVIN or visit carshield.com and use code LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N. Either way, you save 10%. And this is a wonderful, wonderful service. That's carshield.com, code LEVIN, or call 800-CAR-6000, 800-CAR-6000, mention code LEVIN. A deductible may apply. All right, let's go to some of the callers out there. Let us go to John wilkes Pennsylvania, on the Mark Levin app. Go.
4: Hi, sir. How are you doing today?
0: Okay. Thank you.
4: I was discussing on the phone about the movement into specifically the African Peninsula, about the Chinese government, and I was wondering why we've seen some change in policies where we've pulled ourselves out of pushing into the economies here, and we have situations where... The government of China has set up the governments that they're funding to fail, so that their underlying contract can force them to pull out.
0: Well, I'm well aware of the latter. I'm not understanding the former point. Can you say that again? Uh,
4: specifically, it's uh, we've changed our our point of interest within these economies and aren't following through with specific.
0: Now, programs. when you when you say we, you mean our government has withdrawn from these economies? What do you mean?
4: Well, we haven't—during um, the Bush 2000-2006, there were some initiatives started that it seems that the current administration—
0: No, no, but I'm one specific. What are we talking about? I don't, I'm not familiar with this.
4: Well, we we're talking about, you know, the government of China going
0: no, in— No, no, I know about the government of China. What was it that Bush was doing in these countries?
4: Well, they were developing the actual trade packs to make sure that— The American interest within these economies is
0: actually taken care of. I mean, look, 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 look. What China's doing is they're going in and they're saying to a poor country, uh, African countries in particular, but also in South America, hey, look, what do you need? Okay, we need a $4 billion loan. Okay, we want that port as collateral, knowing damn well that these corrupt regimes can't pay for it. So they give them the $4 billion. They can't pay for it, and China says, thanks. And they move a a carrier, not a carrier, but they'll move a battleship or something into that port, and they'll take it over. That's what's going on. And I don't know uh, exactly how to respond to that, but we need to do something. They also have uh, other other deals. Uh, I've talked about it before. They've contracted with uh, Panama to run both sides of the Panama Canal. The Chinese actually run both sides of the Panama Canal. So there's a lot we should be doing that we're not doing. Uh, And I'll tell you, one of the problems uh, in response to you, John, is this. We have a president of the United States who's under so much attack domestically, fighting for his survival, quite frankly, and that of his family each and every day, uh, that our enemies are thrilled about this. Our enemies are trying to wait him out. Our Our enemies are trying to take advantage of it. These people in Congress, these Democrats, and these people in the media, these phony journalists, they are truly harming this country at a very, very dangerous time in our history. Now, I'm not familiar with what specific program you're talking about, and I don't think you are because I've asked you three times. I'm really not sure, but nothing prevents American businesses from going into these countries and trying to conduct business either. All right, my friend, thank you for your call. I appreciate it. Mike, Charlotte, North Carolina, Sirius Satellite. Go right ahead. Good evening, Mark. Good evening. Hi. Talking about the uh, Russians, I'm not
1: Russians, the Chinese wanting to move into Hong Kong and take it over. And what they'll do is they will crush the economic system there and the freedom of the economy. And how long will it take the New York Times or one of these idiot socialist candidates on the Democratic side to come in and say, see,
6: I told you a free
0: economy doesn't work. Here's an example. No, I I, I don't really think they would do that. It's too obviously foolish. I mean, when somebody moves their military into a country and crushes it, I don't think the response is going to be see, capitalism doesn't work. Instead, what they'll do, they'll attack the president. Remember, anything anybody does that's evil or negative or it's troubling or whatever, it's Trump's fault. So they'll say Trump should have been stronger. Trump's relationship with Xi isn't that good. Trump should have done this, that, and the other. Meanwhile, the Chinese expanded massively under the Obama administration. Uh, They moved into the uh, South China Sea. We're building those phony islands. They stole an enormous amount of our technology, and Trump has stood up to them. So I think they're more likely to attack the president of the United States directly.
6: Well, I mean,
1: it's it's sad to think of it in that way, but you know one of the two is going to happen.
0: It's terrible. And, by the way, have you heard a single one of these Democrats talk about any of this? No. What what are they talking about? Talk about anything that is realistic. What what are they talking about? Trump the racist. That's it. That's it. They don't want to talk about real things because they have no answers. They have no answers about North Korea. They have no answers about Iran. They do. More appeasement. More appeasement with money. You know. Pay off the terrorists. And with China, they have absolutely no response. They sold out to China before. They sold out to North Korea before. They not only sold out to the Iranians before, they funded the Iranians. Thank you for your call. Bill, Savannah, Georgia, how are you, sir? Hello, Mark. How are you doing? Okay. Um, how are you listening to us there? It's 1290. I don't know the, the, the call. WALG, letter. I think? Yeah, maybe so. All right. Thank you. Let let me tell you why I'm calling.
4: I have been trying for a while to get out information about what Jews have given to humankind. And it ties into Nobel Prizes. There are 14,500,000 Jews in the world. Hang
0: one minute. Sorry.
4: Okay. 0.02% of the world population, they have 25% of the Nobel Prizes. I'm looking for a platform to read what they've done. Medicine, literature, war, peace, physics, economics. If, if somebody could read that and let the world know what these people have done for
0: Imagine them. what they could have done if half of them weren't wiped out 70 years ago. Imagine what they could do if they weren't in a constant war footing with the, uh, with the Palestinians and, uh, and the terrorists and so forth. Thank you for your call, my friend. I'll be right back.
1: event show is tomorrow's morning show. You can reach Mark now at 877-381-3811.
0: In a world that's lost its way, lost respect for logic, law, American history, who's defending you in Washington? Who speaks for conservatives? AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. That's who. AMAC gives its members valuable everyday benefits and discounts. They're unbelievable, actually while boldly defending America's priceless constitution, sacred history, individual liberties, and basic moral compass. AMAC fights for border and national security, freedom of speech and religion, and values articulated by Reagan like strong defense, limited government, lower taxes, and a solvent federal government. Hard to believe we're here now, but this is where we are. And AMAC is dedicated to remembering past sacrifices and preserving America's core values for the future. They oppose the rise of socialism and so-called Medicare for all, which is Medicare for none, which is private health care destroyed. If you're not an AMAC member, you really should be. I'm an AMAC member. The next election will decide our nation's future. We will either be true to America's noble past and principles or drift deeper and deeper into the sea of moral relativism. I want to encourage you to sign up now. Sign up now. Go to amac.us. That's a m a c dot u s. amac.us. a m a c dot u s. Don't forget. Please download our podcast. Doesn't mean you have to listen all the time, but for instance, if we're preempted by football this season, by preseason games, by baseball, or in your town, if we are tape delayed, you can listen to the show anytime you want. Let's say you're busy. You can't listen to the radio that particular time. That's what podcasting is all about, and that's why it's so popular. Go to MarkLevinShow.com, MarkLevinShow.com. That's our mothership website for the radio program, MarkLevinShow.com. Go there right now. Click on the audio rewind. It's the middle, the top of the homepage. Click on the audio rewind, middle, top of homepage, and that'll take you to the podcast page, and you'll have several choices. Just download it. You can download it on your computer, on your laptop, on your iPad. You can download it on your iPhone and your Android. You can download it on anything. It's simple. Even a liberal can do it. So I know you can do it. So Levinites, by the millions, I want you to download the podcast so you have it available. That's Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Stitcher. If you don't understand it, when you look at the homepage, have one of your kids show you or somebody that knows something about this stuff. But you really will be able to understand it. It's three steps. That's all it is. Three steps. I just gave you two of them. So go to MarkLevinShow.com. Click on Audio Rewind. It's at the middle of the top of the homepage. You'll go to the podcast page and then click on and download uh, one of the, uh, the p- podcast platforms and you'll be ready to go. Wherever you are, you can listen to the show that I'm doing now whenever you want to. Whenever you want to. So we want to encourage people to try that. Let me go to Tom in Toledo, Ohio. XM Satellite. How are you, sir? Tom, go right ahead, my friend. Is Tom not there, Mr. Producer? Let's put him back on hold. Let us go to... Let's... Sheila, Oxon Hill, Maryland, the great WMAL, go.
7: Uh, hi, Mark. Um, I'm a black American, and I wanted you to know that I really love you. Um, you. Today, when I heard you talking, I was driving. I said, well, Mark seems a little dis- you know, discouraged or whatever. I feel uh, discouraged, too, as far as the way our country is going. I love President C- Trump, and I'm just saying, like you said, you've done all that you could do humanly possible. I want to leave it up to God to help us. And the reason why I said that is the left, in my opinion, they're dealing, they're evil. There's an evilness coming from them. And I hate it when I hear like things that you have said or or played on your program. And then I hear the left saying something totally opposite, opposite, which is a lie. But I want Mm -hmm. you to be um, encouraged. And my son is the one that uh, turned me on to you. Um, I loved hearing you talk about your mother and your father. I don't want to hold, you know, the phone up, but I just love everything, uh, about you. You're not perfect. And I was telling you, um, the gentleman earlier that you said months ago, a gentleman called in and said, thank you for being a prophetic voice for us. I'm thankful. So I don't have a lot of things in life, material wealth or anything like that. I'm thankful that I can think for myself. Mm -hmm. and not every black American uh, hate uh, Donald Trump. And one other thing that I want to go, Mm -hmm. things will change in a lot of the black churches. I I want to be honest, and I'm firm on this. I was not raised Afrocentric. The the message can start out all right, but next thing you know, something has to be said about Donald Trump, which I've heard out of your voice, other people's voice, and it's it's a lie. So until people start sitting in these black churches or white churches, liberal churches, whatever, start thinking for themselves, because it's all a lie. It's nothing wrong with our president, and when they want to say immigrants, no, the correct term is illegal aliens. Mm-hmm. So the left want to destroy this country. They still have a God to look at. You're uh... what they're trying to do to us. This is a beautiful country. I'm thankful to be in here. I'm you, so are,
0: you are fantastic. And don't hang up. I want to send you a signed copy of Unfreedom of the Press. Thank you. and th- What's your son's name, Sheila?
7: My son's name is David.
0: Give David my best, okay?
7: Yeah, and we love you. And like I said, my daughter was a police officer. Yeah. I, I just love you. I'm just well, being honest.
0: You're very sweet, Sheila. God bless you and thank you. Bill, Boston, Massachusetts. On the Mark Levin app, I assume. How are you, Bill?
5: Mr. Levin, I listen to you on Player Listen Live, WABC out of New Uh, York. Thank you. Anyway, it's an honor to speak with you, sir. Thank you. When I was 12 years old, like I briefly told you, call screener, 1973, we camped out in the Shoga Rod and Gun Club in Acton, Massachusetts. And the next morning, we packed up our gear and we marched to Concord Bridge for the reenactment of the April nineteenth incident at Lexington Green mm-hmm. in Concord Bridge, and a lot of people forget that. I don't
0: seventeen seventeen seventy five.
5: Yes. Yep. And it predated the Declaration of Independence. Yes,
0: it did. Yep.
5: And uh, you know, I don't know what people think of that, but I learned it in U.S. history class. It was a required class in
0: the mm-hmm.
5: 70s. I graduated in 1978. And
0: uh, Well, Bill, I hate to tell you if we ask any host on TV today, I believe any host, maybe one or two, uh, would, uh, none of them will know what you're talking about. Yes. That's absolutely true, sir. I really believe that. It's unfortunate. All right, my friend. I appreciate your call. Jimmy, our buddy Jimmy, Brooklyn, New York, the great WABC. So what do you make of it over there in Hong Kong, Jimmy?
6: Well, it reminds me of 1989, Tiananmen Square. When I saw Tiananmen Square on TV, I was so moved to see those Chinese students with their Statue of Liberty. And I was thinking, I wish our students were like that. And I became friends with Chai Ling and Li Lu, two of the student leaders from Tiananmen Square. And now I see this, the, the proud, brave people in Hong Kong standing up to the communist tyranny.
0: But just and a I, reminder to the audience, they wound up killing about 10,000 of those students.
6: Right. And the one brave soul that stood in front of the army tanks, he's never mm. been seen since. I don't know no, why they,
0: they murdered him
6: right and a lot of other people but now this brave people in in China in Hong Kong are standing up and i really love to see them and i know something is probably going to come down on them hard so i hope not i hope that the uh the st- they stay strong in Hong Kong and maybe other protest in China we need more we need people in new york in america I wish our students would stand up in defense of their fellow students in Hong Kong, but our students with the brainwashing, you know, it's...
0: You know, this is an excellent point, absolutely excellent point, that if our students were being educated properly and they were being educated by professors who had something other than the Marxist ideology on their minds and that they're spewing, probably in defense of Red China, uh, students around the world, but you're right, particularly in our country should be standing with these kids in Hong Kong. I don't mean physically, but certainly speaking out in defense of them. And then the Chinese government would see the effects worldwide, but uh, no such luck.
6: That's right. One more thing, Mark. The regular communist teaching, it's it's part of the history, it's part of the ideology. They always talk about the class content. In every subject, they had to bring up the class view, the class content, meaning the poor people versus the rich. But the last few decades, besides the class content, they had the gender content, they had the environment content, but the most important thing they added was the race content. So when you see all this race stuff, all this gender stuff, all this feminist stuff, that really came from the Communist Party, and it developed into a mass movement. Now, we call it now identity politics, but in the original Communist teaching, that's the all-people's front, the united front, and the popular front.
0: And, and you make this point. It's another good point. Um, you know, it's interesting. We talk about the, the trolling of the Russians and the Chinese into our system. What do they think they're trolling? What do they think they're the, the poison they're putting into our system? The very divisions that are being taught in the colleges, the very divisions we see on TV, the very divisions that the Democrat Party mouths, turning one against the other. That's your point. And it's funny how they don't connect those dots, Jimmy, isn't it?
6: Well, you connect them, I try to connect them at 32-whatever years on the radio. We need more people to speak up. We have people who know, but they're afraid or they're timid. We have to start speaking up. You see how the left works? One says something crazy, but then everybody on the left says it. It becomes the main thought among the left. We have to do that on our side, only with the truth. That old saying from the German socialist uh, Goebbels, a lie repeated a thousand times becomes the truth, well... Imagine the power of the truth, repeated a thousand times, Mark. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: But here's part of the problem. If a tree falls in the forest and nobody hears it, you know the old line, did it actually fall? They control so many of the instrumentalities of communication, Jimmy, don't they?
6: That's it. You know, Mark, this is going to sound strange, but I know you're a great patriot, that's obvious, you, me, all of us who are patriots... If we were born and raised in Iran, we might be terrorists too now. Mm-hmm. That's the power when you control all information. You control all the views. So we freely go and vote for who we want, but most of us are not voting for who we really want. We're voting for through, because of the information put in our heads. So we really don't have free and fair elections for 50 years, if you look at it that way. Imagine if you and I... Were the school commissioners, the school chancellors, the teachers' union. If you and I wrote the school books, this country would be in a lot better shape. We would not
0: be and, and this is one of the reasons they attack Citizens United in any other case. that allows people to voluntarily give money to run ads on TV and radio. Because they want to control the communication, the way they want to control health care, the way they want to control uh, the demographics, and on and on and on and on. Jimmy your national treasure, my friend. Thank you. We'll be right back. Mark In. You know, folks, it's no longer shocking at this point, but guess what? The deep state at the Department of Health and Human Services is trying to borrow another one of crackpot socialist Bernie Sanders' health ideas. I can't see a thing wrong with that other than if you uh, don't want to be sick. Following Sanders' lead, HHS has proposed a program to allow states to import some prescription drugs from Canada and God knows where else. Now, let's start with the fact that none of these states, let alone Canada or other countries, have any systems in place to determine if the drugs coming into the U.S. are what the labels say they are, where they're from, China, India, etc., or who made them such there's zero ability to know if what you're taking is remotely safe. Canadian officials have been very clear about their safety concerns, saying that counterfeit drugs are already a major global problem that have led to many, many deaths. You know, you can't even buy dog food that's manufactured in China. Remember with that? Or or so many other products in your household. There are a lot of things really, really wrong with our healthcare system, but fortunately, drug safety hasn't been one of them. Drug importation is dangerous, and it's shocking that leaders at the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services would even consider such a harebrained idea. Folks, get the facts. Go to TrueHealthCareFacts.com. I want to strongly encourage you to check it out there. TrueHealthCareFacts.com doesn't cost a nickel. TrueHealthCareFacts.com. Dwayne. Dulce, New Mexico, XM Satellite. How are you, sir?
5: I'm very blessed. How are you, Mr. Levin? Me
0: too. Thank you, sir. Very well.
5: Amen. Hey, listen, I just wanted to tell you, I'm a deputy sheriff out here in New Mexico, as well as a pastor of a church. Um, you're on our prayer list at church every single time that we meet, which wow, is every thank Sunday, you. Sunday night. Um, and I just wanted to thank you for bringing such absolute truth uh, to the news because we very rarely get truth like we get from, from your show.
0: Well, I appreciate that. I have a lot of people in law enforcement who are friends, a lot of pastors who are friends, but I don't know anybody who's both. So that's pretty unique. It must be a small town. It actually,
5: well, no, actually, um, I'm a deputy sheriff in a county that's the third largest county in the state of New Mexico. How
7: do you um, like that?
5: It actually it's got a captive audience. Anytime I make an arrest, I got somebody I can witness to and Share the gospel with for the next two or three hours. So
0: good for you. That's that's very cool. I can remember a time when uh, the Democrat convention was in New York City. I forget which year that was, and I got a call from uh, from a police officer. He was driving a cruiser, and he had his partner next to him, and they had some jerk in the back of the car there, and they were calling me. And, of course, I didn't want them to identify themselves. I'd get in trouble, and they didn't. And they said, you know, Mr. Levin, we're playing your radio show in here so the gentleman behind the glass here can listen to it. I said, well, that's very impressive. (laughs) Whatever you do, don't give me your badge number. You'll get in trouble. Well, Pastor, I want to thank you, and you be safe out there, and I want to send you a signed copy of Unfreedom of the Press. And God bless you, sir. Thank you very, very much. And what I was saying earlier is I've done everything humanly possible to expose the press for the last five and a half months on this radio program, on Life, Liberty, and Levin, on Levin TV, in talking about my book on freedom of the press. talked about it before it came out, talked about it when it came out, and have discussed it for months. And I hope you have found it edifying and substantive, and I hope it does exactly what it needs to do which is inform as many of you as possible, so when you're watching TV or you're listening to the news, you're able to dissect it, like a college course. And then you're able to discuss it around the dinner table or the breakfast table, or you're able to discuss it with your buddies or your lady friends, or your family members, or your co-workers. And come the holidays, Thanksgiving and Christmas and Hanukkah, we've got to spread the word. People need to be able to analyze what's taking place. What's being done to this country by the media is a damn shame. Nobody supports the Constitution more than I, the Bill of Rights more than I. I understand them backwards and forwards. Nobody supports freedom of the press more than I. But it's interesting and sad, ironically, that the press doesn't support freedom of the press. That's my view of it. And they're undermining this republic as progressives do the history of the excuse me folks the history of the press is very important remember the Bill of Rights belongs to you the Constitution belongs to you the press belongs to you not the Cuomo not the Lemon not all these other people so I hope you'll take the opportunity to spread the word those of you who have I want to thank you those of you who haven't you still have time Got to fight every way we can. Get there on Amazon. It's there. I want to salute all you heroes out there. Thank you for everything you do, each in your own way. God bless you, and I will see you tomorrow. Be well.
4: From the Westwood One Podcast Network.